Welcome to the Bilog Ang Bola podcast. You, our listeners, should expect commentary and analysis on different sports, both local and international, from a Filipino fan's perspective. If this is your first time listening, or you are an avid fan of the show, thank you for sharing your time with us. Everything about the podcast can be found on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please give us a follow at PH and hashtag PH. Our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the first ever episode of Bilogang Bola Podcast. Today's topic will focus primarily on the NFL, specifically the NFL playoffs, some NFL headlines, and we'll even give a recap of the recently concluded College Football National Championship game. Towards the end of the show, we make our picks on who we think will win each NFL Divisional Round matchup. Now, on to the recap of the previous weekend's games. Our first wild card matchup was between the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs, wherein the Kansas City Chiefs came out guns blazing to an early 21-3 lead. But in the last drive of the first half, the Chiefs lost Travis Kelsey, which proved to be the turning point of the match, as the Tennessee Titans roared back in the second half, scoring 19 unanswered points in the back of Mar- Marcus Mariota and pulled out the one-point victory 22-21. In our second matchup, the Atlanta Falcons visited the Los Angeles Rams, and the Falcons came out with an early 13-0 lead, which proved to be the difference between both teams as Atlanta won this game 26-13. On our third matchup, the Buffalo Bills visited the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this was a defensive struggle between both teams as Jacksonville pulled out the 10-3 win. Our last matchup of the weekend was the shootout between the New Orleans Saints and the visiting Carolina Panthers. The Saints won this game 31-26, beating their division rivals for the third time this year. Last weekend's games were pretty close. Three of them came down to the last drive, and I hope to see matches that are as exciting or even more exciting this coming weekend. Now here to discuss the college football national championship game, NFL headlines, and to preview the NFL divisional round of the playoffs, I will be joined by my co-host, Plunky John. Last Monday, Alabama won its fifth national championship. With a thrilling ending. In overtime, they won 26-23 on a last play. I watched the route. It's a very hard throw. Okay, He had to throw a dart. Um, It was a go route. The ball he threw was a, it was a laser. Okay, yeah. this kid has an arm. I mean, I saw I saw the pictures. Okay, he's small. He's like five eight. Yeah, five, but he has an arm and he's, rocket, right? And um, he's quick. He's got that same Doug Flutie-ish vibe to him. Okay, okay. we wonder why he, we didn't see him more in the in, in because Hertz was was the legit. He number is a one. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's legit, still a legit number one. He's a legit number friend. one. Two things that I probably that I ended up asking myself after one: What did Coach Saban say to Hertz 
during halftime. Um, turns out there was an interview, and Coach Saban said, "We well, wouldn't be here without you." That's a pretty good thing to say. Yeah, that's a pretty I good. Believe that for him to take it to the next level, he has to make a change, and any competitor. Would not. Yeah, they were down 13 points, 13-0 at halftime. Right. Hertz so, wasn't doing anything in the first half. So I mean, like, if I were Hertz, you know, I would take it like, what? Are you serious? I would take it personally. Okay. Right. So, okay. So let's say he did. Coach Saban said the same. Said something that you know gave me a lot of insight to the way people are. Mm-hmm. Any competitor does not want to be replaced because he mm-hmm. will always think he's the best option. Mm-hmm. Do you really think Kobe Bryant likes getting t- himself yeah. taken out of the game? Right. See. No, no. So, but Coach Saban is Coach Saban. He is. He has five national champs. For six. a reason. <laughs> six. He's tied right. with Bear. I mean, for a reason. What did he see in this kid? He saw something. He saw something. And he knew Georgia didn't scout this guy too. And can you imagine being put on that stage? I think he even had it planned. He's that do good. You, <laughs> do you think? You know, now that you mentioned, maybe he did have that in his back pocket. You know, he did consider it as an option. What I will take away from that whole thing is one: Hertz's draft stock might have gotten hurt. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. You don't think so? So, do you think two is? No, he's too small. That's what they said about Doug Flutie. We'll see in a couple of years, yeah. right? I mean, but, but the good. Part, what did they say about Russell Wilson? That's what they said about Russell. Russell Wilson isn't exactly a tall guy either, right? We'll see maybe a year, maybe two, if two blossoms. Because next year he's clearly the starter. You think? You don't, do you think Hurts? A couple of years ago, there's this quarterback who won the national chapter game, and the next year when he came back, he was number three. Really? Oh, that's that. Ohio State, Cardale Jones. So he, he won. won. He won the national. He won the national championship. He didn't go pro. He decided to come back. When he came back, he's number three. Damn. <laughs> okay, we got something so, on that. You know, let's see next year. But let's see next year. Roll Tide. Oh, Roll Tide. What do you think of the Raiders hiring John Gruden to be their? Head I mean, that, that's the easy question. You know I mean, well, everybody would say, "Why not?" I mean, he's he's a logical fit. He's an X-rater. He won Super in Tampa. Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion. He's everybody knows him on TV. Props to Gruden. He's given himself a lot of leverage over the last several years by keeping himself relevant. Which is, if you'll notice, the way Hall of Famers make a case for them to be included in the Hall of Fame okay. to stay relevant. Okay. Do you really think Kurt Warner would be an a Hall of Fame first ballot if he didn't show up on the network? Yeah. Marshall Falk. Yep, numbers alone, sure. Great to show on third. Right, man. But if you think about it, right? If you think about it, there they've kept themselves relevant. So I mean, he's top of mind. So I said, when there's a coach, but when you look at it, Michael Irvin too. Michael, Michael Irvin. Irvin, right? I mean, Michael Irvin. Leon Sanders. These guys have marketed their personal brand so well over the last so many years. In retirement, the first, in retirement, first, first year in retirement, retirement right? Retirement. They automatically got in and. Tony Romo's doing it. Yeah, see? That means <laughs> he's, trying, he's to. trying to do it. So when you think about it, why would Chucky be such a logical choice for the Raiders? His brand is so big. I think it's just a marketing ploy for, for the Raiders. What do you think? Same. Same right? They're moving to Vegas. They have to have a big name coach that will attract the fans, attract the sponsors. Big market, man. I mean, install some a bit of fear in their AFC West rivals that they have a Super Bowl champion coach. Yeah. Chiefs have Andy Reid who always loses in the playoffs. He will probably lose his job next year. That's <laughs> the way I see it. I mean, that that's the fallout, I think, because um, that was the knock on him when he was coaching Philly. Okay. You take him, you know, I mean, you remember that those McNabb years where he they'd take them all the way to the NFC Championships. And then he'd lose. Yeah, yeah, they'd lose, right? They wouldn't, they'd be the Buffalo Bills of the... Of the he's <laughs> terrible in managing games. Terrible. I mean, I... I 
I think it's he's a great regular season coach, Andy Reid. But when you bring it down to the players, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I'm not a I'm not a Super Bowl winning coach, right? So what does it take to get somebody from the this level to the from 99 to 100%, 100% right? Maybe maybe Al Davis thinks Chucky's got that. I don't know because you already Al have Davis's son. Al Davis's son. Al Davis, yeah, Al Davis, yeah, Al Davis son. Yeah, he's dead. So I mean, you know, I because you do have a great team. I mean, you have Carr, you have a whole team built around him. Mary Cooper. Yeah, they were ready to win last year. Their defense wasn't good. I expected them to bring in a defensive coach because their defense was not good at all. Interesting. Uh, when I thought about that, um, I thought they were going to get it all last year when until Carr got hurt. But Jack Del Rios is not a very he's good not, coach. You know what? There are people who will disagree with us. Because I, I agree with you on that. You know, I agree that Jack Delirio is not a great coach. He'll be a middle of the field. He's kind of like, how would I put this? I think he'd be the mid-level starting quarterback kind of okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, right? But he's not. Uh, he's like, game manager. Game manager kind of guy. No he turnovers. Tyra yeah. Taylor. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you need a gambler, maybe? Maybe that's like maybe that's why Riverboat Ron stays around pretty long. Riverboat Ron, yeah. But, you know, but Jack Lerio in his first game, remember, he gambled and taking the two-point conversion. He did. He did. And he won. How do we know if those those small things... I, maybe it's the philosophy. We can't second-guess yeah. the whole thing. If Chucky were to take his side, his, his game, what was his style? I mean... Offense. He, more then, offense. More offense. But when he went to Tampa... There's more defense. So it's built around the players. Yeah. Right? So, yes. I mean, the Raiders now really have... No, a- the Tampa had a good defense. They needed a better offense. That's why they got Keyshawn. That's why they got... You know what? They had Brad Johnson. No, to win a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson as your quarterback, you must be a good coach. Uh, you have a great point there. That's a great point right there. You know I mean? But he did take an ordinary... You offense. Know, an ordinary offense. A supreme defense. Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. Revolutionizing the the way defense was played, right? It's Tampa two, yeah, Tampa and two. Everybody remember yeah, the two safety deep coverage thing was uh, it was pretty revolutionary at the time. Everybody was playing man to man, one safety deep, and then you know the Tampa two there. Strangely enough, that's where Kurt Warner made his money when <laughs> dissecting the Tampa, <laughs> Tampa two. <laughs> uh, let's say Chucky does make waves in the AFC West. Okay. okay, so he's going to change the metagame. Beats the Broncos, the Chiefs, the, Broncos, the, Chiefs the Chargers. And he revolutionizes, turns that side over. Because, like, right now, they're, you know, they're still not, they're not the NFC East. Okay. I mean, like, you know. And they're not that bad. They're not that bad. But when you look at it, I mean, and you to think about it, the Chargers had a chance to yes. make it in. You know, Gruden does come in. What happens to the division? Do, you, do, do they win out? I don't know. The division is still pretty good. I mean, Philip Rivers is still there. They already have a new tight end. With you, you expect the Broncos to be better next year and the years to come. Um, do we have what do they have with Denver? Brock Osweiler? No, <laughs> no they're going to draft. Elway's going to get a quarterback definitely. That's where we'll probably end up with our next on our next topic. You know, I mean, like when when we when I start to talk about Cleveland and 016, oh, where, where do they where do they go from here? Terrible. How can you keep the coach? That was the part that I found intriguing because, you know... Um, Trust the process like a... Like a Philadelphia thing, right? Because uh, you have you have two, two things in play here. Um, in the Cleveland organization, you have the owner, Jimmy Haslam. Okay. And you have the two, the general manager and the coach, reporting to him directly. Separately. Separately. So, the, the general manager, John Dorsey, be okay with this arrangement where you have a coach 
that did one in 31 for the last two years and you you don't have a say in keeping it or not okay so let's take a let's let's take a look at it from the general manager's perspective right john dorsey is uh he is in what many will say is an an enviable position they have draft they have draft number one, one four, four. They have the, 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 the highest draft, draft capital for the 18. Draft. And then they have like a lot of 100 million salary cap. Yeah. So they have, they, I would, the ultimate war chest. You have yeah. the, I would describe it as a, a Madden player's dream to build your yeah, GM. Your yeah, be, GM. Be a player GM. But you can't touch the coach, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that a, that's a, that's so isn't you a, can buy a really nice car, but you can't choose your driver. Can't yeah, man. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> and your job depends on it. I mean, from the general manager's point of view, you're right. How do we keep the coach? Hugh Jackson, it's that relationship between the, the coach and the owner that's kept them there. If those two, they hit it off, you know, they, they've kept that relationship. It, it's, it sounds like politicking. It sounds like at its finest. Okay, let's just say they both mesh. They work well together. They fun. Okay, let's say it works. Yeah, it yeah. works. Let's, let's say it works. It works out. Let's say it works out. Well, first mm-hmm. off, let's go see what they're going to do at the draft. Number I mean, one, they, they take a QB. And take another quarterback. Uh, they'll take a real quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser is not a real quarterback. Well, if you're going to look at it, though, I mean, the last time, the last time a team went 0-16, they won in the draft. Because the next year they got Matthew nice Stafford, Stafford, yeah, right. So I mean, when with that kind of draft capital, you're right. They and there's some people who are talking about why don't you draft the quarterback in one and four, and you never you can't go wrong. Hey, you know, it's such a waste of a pick. You know, and not really. You can trade. You can trade. Good point. I mean, you can trade. You could trade down the line. They still have a lot more holes. I mean, their offensive line stinks. It's just Joe Thomas. He's great. <laughs> Joe Thomas, and and he is on the on the downside. On the downside. Yeah. Um, they do have. They let, Their defense is just Miles Garrett. They got rid of, you know, Joyden. So, I mean, like, what do they have to build on? Right now, they're still in the doughy phase. They're not, we don't really have much information about how team right now. All we do know is that they have a lot of rebuilding process. But the key part here, the coach, Hugh Jackson, has management support. Is that good for the GM or bad for the GM? We, we don't know. We don't know if... Um, the undermining how Hugh Jackson will, will undermine the the role of the GM. Okay, let, let's say they go next year. They go six and ten or five and eleven. Is that acceptable? Yeah, is that acceptable to ownership to general manager? They get they get their franchise QB who it's either Darnold or Rosen. Let's say they get a good another building block at four. So they have. Pro- they have pretty much six or seven cornerstone players they can build on already and they only go six and ten or five and eleven they still have to go through the Steelers man (laughs) (laughs) you know you you still have that like no matter how good your team is but Big Ben's gonna retire one one day two years from now two years years one year okay so you have that you have that picture okay if the Browns are willing to invest another two years so you go the whole Philadelphia trust the process thing which is paying off maybe they have a shot it I don't know because I don't we haven't really looked that deep. It's a quarterback-heavy draft right now. Okay. It's a quarterback-heavy draft. There are a lot of choices. But is that what the Browns need right now? Hey, well, let, let's go back to that angle where you have the, the coach, the general manager, and the owner fighting for control. Obviously, the owner has the last say. What about a situation where the owner, the coach, and the quarterback have a problem? That's what ESPN has been reporting. You know, I think it's a hypersensation. Yeah, uh, to the listeners out there, we're talking about the New England Patriots, the first seed in the <laughs> AFC. 
and the Super Bowl current Super Bowl favorite are actually facing trouble from within. Let's call that drama. <laughs> drama. <laughs> okay, so what you got there? I mean, um, you got three guys, three gigantic egos. You got one pulling the shots, and two guys trying to kiss kiss his ass. Okay, okay. but that's that oversimplifies it. When we look at it, I mean. Um, as the reports have said, the the whole cause of this drama is really Alex, Alex Guerrero. He's he's Tom's business partner. Okay. He's um, he has his own um, methods with uh, recuperating uh, player players recuperating from injuries. Uh, he strikes me as a <laughs> yeah, man, he strikes me as complete. I will describe it as Tom Cruise-ish Scientology. Let's say it works if Tom Brady is his model, and that's his it argument. Has to work. That's exactly his argument with Bill Belichick. That's the same argument that Brady uses to keep Guerrero on the sidelines. Hey, coach, I haven't gotten hurt, man. Ever since I hurt Thorma my ACL, nothing, nothing, man. I'm 40 years old. I'm still slinging it. I mean, I come on. I came back from 25 points down. Yeah, man, I, this is where I think Tom is getting in the way of himself. He's this. This might turn off a lot of people and say that okay, Tom's ego is getting a little too big. It's been legendary the way Bill Belichick rips his players on a Monday morning meeting, right? Even mm-hmm. Tom, but with st- with Tom's star rising so high in the sky now I mean, he's practically untouchable he's royalty he's a sure first ballot hall of famer you know the chance of them winning he's the GOAT greatest of all time you know I, I five Super Bowls I can't disagree with you there uh, that's a discussion for another time if it's <laughs> him or Joe but he has the absolute bargaining power here and except for one thing his age right so okay because father time is undefeated as they say yep uh, undefeated undisputed do you think Alex Guerrero is fast tracking the implosion process so that Tom Brady will start his second life as TB12. TB12. The sports brand. Think about it. Okay. He's got that sports rehab thing, this whole yeah. diet thing. Yeah. Well, he's already starting it. That's a, that's a given. He's and that's his second life. Yeah, that is. Who stands to benefit if Tom Brady retired? Alex Guerrero. Yeah. Do you think, you know, it sounds conspiracy theorist of me to, to say that he has a deliberate you know, machination about all of this. This guy does have history of being a you con know, artist, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw this like, hey, if I can get Tom to retire, you know. Maybe this is a time I can, you know, we can cash in, you know, make back. So, how do you do that? You create some drama. But how do you create drama in New England? You, it's like the Spurs. Right? The NBA. <laughs> There's no drama. There's not, not drama, much. Not much. Just, just injuries. Just age. But because they don't have any egos, right? It's they not that they, they don't have any egos. I think it's more of Belichick has his way of managing their ego. So it's kind of like Pop. Yeah. Right? So they're managing ego. How do you handle Tom's ego when he goes straight to the owner? That's yeah. that's the question you have to ask there. So, okay, play there. Okay, my question to you is, do you think that part of the report is true that Tom Brady was very, very happy after mm-hmm. finding out Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers? You know, that's the good question. The whole question we can ask here, I'll answer that question with a question. Is there even any drama? Because let's look at it. Okay, to spin it, Bill Belichick wanted to keep his system going that, you know, he wants the good of the continuity. team. Continuity. Yeah, continuity. Tom's getting old. Because he found Garoppolo to be uh, the next. The next, right? Yeah. I mean, like, look at it this way. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get paid a lot of money next year. Mm-hmm. He had the same stats as Colin Kaepernick. I mean, and Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. What does that tell you of his caliber? <laughs> you, have, you got yourself um, a serviceable... Many people will argue that Tom Brady is a system quarterback. Okay. He is the product 
of the New England system. Mm. You could have put somebody there because you can say um, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Jimmy G. They both had success when Tom was out. Heck, he was suspended. Was suspended. Put it this way: I mean, you might not be a fantastic player. I mean, it's hard to argue that okay, Jimmy G is actually quite good. Maybe he needs a, a different. Maybe he was just unlucky to have to play behind Tom Brady or lucky. Right, but moving into the future, now that you don't have backup quarterback, you don't have any plan B. Tom is gonna grow old, like just like Dunk did, just like you know. Maybe he'll leave. He'll walk away in the sunset. Is the drama? Was he happy? If we go, it goes back to our premise earlier. Is his ego that big now that his legacy is more important than how the team moves in? Then again, we're talking about hundred million dollar guys here. Ego is everything. Tom's already at this point of his career. He's already won. He's already proven himself skill-wise. Hey, you said it yourself. He's the goat. So what? What's left for him now? His legacy. Does he really want to be remembered as the guy who got replaced by the upstart kid? Probably not. Okay, my question to you is: They win the Super Bowl. What happened? I wouldn't be surprised if Tom calls it quits. Or after trading Jimmy Garoppolo, you're gonna call it quits. Or worse, maybe Belichick. Maybe. I think that's that's what's more likely to happen. We're gonna do a preview of the divisional round playoffs. So last weekend we saw Atlanta, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and New Orleans move on to face their respective rivals this week. So we're going to start with the first matchup, which is the Atlanta Falcons visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the, I think the Falcons have this, you know, they, they, they got this chip on their shoulder. You can see from the way they played last game that, okay, we were good enough to win the Super Bowl. You know, I mean... We're one half away from winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think that's the one thing that, you know, there, there was one thing that one of the commentators mentioned. The, the Falcons believe they are as good... As a champion, that they felt that okay, the breaks didn't go our way, but we were good enough to win that. And it showed in the it first showed game. in the first game. I mean, like the way they dominated it. Yeah, yeah. from start to finish. Start to finish. No Rams. They did it in L.A. and the the inexperience showed. Yeah, definitely. maybe the jitters. But the coach, the QB. It's even girly. Even girly. Okay, not like L.A. didn't have their chances, right? Um, when you could see the way their defense though wasn't as in control of the game as they usually are because the Falcons yeah. were they were they were they were running all they over. were running all over. they they controlled the game yeah. so the offense I mean you could see Matty Isis Moxie they're a better pick this weekend than the Eagles oh yeah do you think so? Uh, I'm, I'm siding with the Falcons here I think yeah, Matty Ice is playing at a higher level definitely do you really want Nick Foles there I mean there was, you know that year where Nick Foles was was a legitimate MVP candidate why didn't they win it? Because he choked. Yeah, and he didn't make the playoffs. Nothing. I mean, like, they, I mean, he all the way to the end. He was. He yeah, was, but like, I just you just can't put your faith in Nick Foles. No I, matter how good a defense you have. The same team. But they limped into the playoffs. Literally. Yeah, they limped into the playoffs. Nick Foles didn't look good again when he played in the first series against Dallas. He didn't look good against the Raiders. He didn't look good against the Giants. I don't think he's going to look good against the Falcons. Not not this Falcons that's, you know, that believes they were Super Bowl I think champs. the best chance through their defense. And I don't think Atlanta will allow that. I think it's going to be low scoring, but I think... You think so? Yeah. I would think... Uh, okay, I'll disagree with you there. I think it's going to be a rut. I, oh. I think this is going to be a rut. Okay. So, I mean... I'm, like two touchdown rounds. Maybe three. Maybe. I, I think this is 30... This is a 30 to So, you have no respect for the defensive... The Eagles? The Eagles? No. 30 and 10. Uh, 30 to 10, Michael. I'm going to say... Um, 24-17 or something like that. No, not even. 
2413. Yeah. It's Falcons. Okay. All right. So, so let's what, move on to the next uh, matchup, which is in Foxborough. Which, the Tennessee Titans versus the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. Maybe with this mystique of the Patriots that we have, they're almost like the Spurs that you don't have anything bad to say about them, that you, you just hate them. Okay. You, you hate them because there's nothing bad to say. They've, they've run a tight ship all, this, all these years. I don't know what kind of chance... Sorry, John T. I don't know what kind of <laughs> chance the Titans have against a New England team running on all cylinders. This is their chance. I see their chance in the first half. New England is, has a reputation of starting slow. This they year. don't score. Just look at the Super Bowl 51. Okay. They were down 28, 28. They don't start. If if Tennessee can Actually. catch them off guard, can Build go off to a fast start, let's say a two-touchdown lead. Start they, fast. That's the key. Yeah. You know, New England's defense isn't great. It's a bend, but don't break defense. So, so they got to break it early. Yes. They got to score early. Still, I would put this still as a one-score game. I mean, like a, a one-difference game. Maybe a 14-12, 14-10 game. So low-scoring game, yeah, huh? Probably a low-scoring game. You have I respect think. for the Tennessee defense. Well, uh, the Tennessee defense shut out the Kansas City Yeah, I mean, offense. Again, that is Kansas City. Without, Without yeah. Kelsey. Kelsey's different, so, but, and they have the same problem here with Gronk. So. Yeah. I, I would say, though, that, I mean... Um, so their best chance is actually injuring Gronk in the first half. <laughs> or maybe Gronk getting drunk the night before. <laughs> okay, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Okay, we're gonna, um, the Jaguars and the Steelers are playing in Pittsburgh. This is the game I'm going to watch this weekend. Okay. I Because the other two, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I figured out who's going to win there. This one, Pittsburgh is heavily favored. I'm rooting for the underdog. Dude, it's like... Um, if you saw that game, that 10-3 win over Buffalo, it was good defense, definitely. It was great defense on both sides of the ball, but Blake Bortles is awful. My God. He is. Now, so let's go back to that matchup in the regular season. Okay. Where Ben throws five picks against a Jacksonville defense. And the next day he considered, you know, maybe I don't got it anymore. You know, he considered... He does a like, drama. <laughs> That's bad they played against. So, the underlying story we have here. So, so don't you think it's a revenge game they got? Exactly. That's the Steelers have it encircled in the in the calendar that, oh, we want Jacksonville. We want to you know, see I mean, them. We want to beat them up. That, that's as what Jackson's been talking up. about the whole week. I mean, hey, be careful what you wish for, right? Yeah, you just might get you it. Just, <laughs> uh, I think... I see here that Pittsburgh, they have become a different team in the last four years. Without Antonio Brown? They have been a different team. Maybe because okay. Big Ben has been forced to spread it around. Okay. And, uh, but Brown is out. No, he's not. He's playing. He's questionable. They always say that. Probable. So he's, Brown is going to play this time. Yeah. Okay, so what we have here, let's see if the coaching adjustment, uh, the coaching staff of Pittsburgh makes an adjustment that if you know uh, Mike Tomlin sees something different and they try something different, Let's see if they can break it. Otherwise, I see this as a low-scoring 6-3 game with Jacksonville winning. I'll have to You'll disagree. Have to. Okay, you got something else there. I see it High as score? a... No. I see it as a 27-10 game. Steelers win. I oh. think the Steelers will win easy. We have a different point. Okay. Antonio Brown is injured, but Jalen Ramsey's going to cover him anyway. So I don't I don't, uh, I don't. don't expect anything from I think it's the other guys. It's Levon Bell. Juju. Maybe. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. But that's the part. I mean, like... Mark Davis, Brian. Wait, you have you have a really good Jacksonville okay. defense. This is the thing. I do not trust Blake Bortles. I know the Pittsburgh defense is not as good as 
the Buffalo defense. It might not be as you know good as it once was, but I do not think Bortles. So, I expect him to throw a pick six or have a fumble leads to a touchdown. That that makes sense. Keys to the game. Fournette gets to a, off to a great start. Okay. They control the ball. They control the yeah, game. Yeah, you can run and you that, can that, run. That's the way I see the game going around. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you don't have to have... Yeah, Ryan Shazier's out so that middle of the Pittsburgh yeah. defense can be controlled by a... But they, then, doesn't have a Gronk. Which is fine. I mean, like, as long as Fournette keeps going, they okay. turn yards, you turn Bortles into a game manager and okay. hide that weakness. He is a game manager. <laughs> you don't. If you put him behind, if you put him behind, he will throw a pick six. Yeah. So that's that's the way I see. I think Pittsburgh goes to a two touchdown lead. Jacksonville. So I guess that that's the part. The first one to lead wins. Yeah, two touchdown lead wins. Yeah. Or there's there's no there's no coming back from this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, New Orleans Minnesota. Okay, the second best wide receiver. Defensive back matchup we have. Yep, Michael Thomas against Xavier Rhodes. That's that's something I ha- I would say though of all the wild card teams, I'd the be, Saints have yeah. to be the they are the most scariest. likely. They are the scariest. They are red hot. Okay, let's break it down. QB, Drew Brees, seventy percent old, but you know he still got it. Versus Case Keenum. You know okay, Case Keenum proved himself well in the regular season. So, to quote, are the playoffs? Yeah, he's home. Yeah, he's at home. He's at home. Many people expected Case Keenum to come back to Earth. He did. Yeah, he, he hasn't, hasn't yet. He hasn't, he hasn't yet. yet. So I mean, like, he's playing pretty damn good numbers, boy. Yeah. So New Orleans defense isn't exactly something. To so this is going to be a shootout. I think yeah, this, this, gonna, this is the high scoring. This is going to be like a thirty in the thirties for both teams. So it's going to be the, yeah, both defenses can score. You think 30s? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. 31, 24. No, man. I'd say even 37, 35, or something. Yeah. Like that. It's really, really. Game will still be decided by either a walk-off touchdown so or who has the ball last. Yeah, who has the so ball? So you have no, you have no faith in the Vikings defense will be able to hold oh, down. Oh, of course offense. not. You can't. No, I mean, it's not that. I think it's just you got Dubris. He's the. This guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. Leads the league in pa- Super Bowl Pitcher. champion. Super Bowl champion. Leads the league in completion percentage. Okay. Most number of years with 5,000 yards. And but regular. he's playing against the number one ranked defense in all of the NFL. It, that is, that's an interesting matchup. On one week rest. On one week rest. At home. Tend to, <laughs> well, it's still a dome though. But <laughs> which And Brees is still red hot right yes, now. He'll still be comfortable. So, I mean, like, we'll see the shootout. We will see the Vikings have their moments. Keys to the game. If Brees gets hit and rattled early, and if Case Keenum doesn't mess up in the first few possessions, I think Case Keenum will be even if he goes down to an average level. If they rattle, if he goes down to a Bortles level, yeah, okay. Bortles. <laughs> this is all about the rhythm, the quarterback rhythm early on. If the Saints allow Brees to get knocked on his ass early, they don't have a plan B. There is no running game, right? There is a slight running game. Nah, they're running Martin, game. Grim, Kamara. They, they, but no, they, no, they, they'll have a running game, but they'll resort to the pass once they get back. If they get behind. The, the running game of the Saints is built off the bubble screen. and the, yeah. It's more like swing passes, mm-hmm. screen passes. So they will run a lot of a lot of screens to Kamara and to Ingram because yeah. they, are, they are two very good uh, pass catching backs. Okay. So they will run a lot of screens, or a lot of quick screens, a lot of quick outs. I think, though, if Breeze gets rattled early they, and they get themselves into third and long pretty soon, you know, I mean, uh, which they will find. They, they will find themselves in quite a lot. A lot you know? yeah. I mean, you will, you will have. Uh, we're going to see. We're going to see a different New Orleans team if 
they get the Drew Brees early. But if they don't, we're going to see a lot of the same thing that we've been seeing the last couple seventy percent. And then it's just going to be whoever holds the ball last. Right. So I mean, uh, I I pick New Orleans. Okay, I don't trust the only thing I don't like about the Vikings is. I do not completely trust Mike Zimmer. <laughs> he hasn't won yet. Uh, he, he he calls a little too conservatively for my taste. I think. That's because he has a good defense. It's like, okay, if my offense won't do it for me, my defense will bring me home. No, I mean, that's how... But uh, he's 13-3, so... You can't argue with that, right? Uh, Andy Reid plays safe. So we got, we got a good-looking weekend here. Yeah. So you're, you're picking... The Saints. I'm picking the Saints, but I mean, like it's a, I think Saints the shootout. You're gonna say so we disagree on that one. Yeah, yeah. I like so that. recap: I picked Atlanta. You picked Atlanta. We got Atlanta. I picked New England. We both we both picked New, New England. England. You but picked Jacksonville and New Orleans. I, I picked, picked Pittsburgh and. Uh, so you picked the higher seeds. I picked the lower ones. This looks good, man. And that's a wrap for the first episode of the Bilogambola podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bilog Ang Bola podcast. Please give us a follow on our social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We will appreciate any feedback or comments that you may have about the show. We can be found in social media at Bilog Ang Bola PH and hashtag Bilog Ang Bola PH. Please subscribe to our podcasts that are available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitch. Until next time, this is the Bilog Ang Bola Podcast.